You're listening to Cast, Season 6, Episode 15, The French Mistake. Sam and Dean are transported to an alternate reality where they are the stars of a TV show called Supernatural. Newbies, Paul Mackey, in my living room in Duluth, Minnesota, with my lovely wife Darcy. Hello. And joining us once again, as the, as on the Noob and Terry, uh, is Fox. Hello. Should have saved you for last. <laughs> and uh, also, silent uh, audience, uh, Iris. You can be you can be not silent right now. You can say you hello. Okay. All right. Hi. She's, Hi, Iris. She's listening in, so <laughs> she's not left out. All right. And then we've got uh, down in Texas our experts. Annie. Hello. And John Pavlich. Greetings. And Yvette is slightly under the weather this week, but uh, hopefully joining us again soon. And as a special guest, we have Nutty. Hello, everyone. Nutty. Nutty. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on this episode. Very good. good. Yes, the uh, the new material is fun. So uh, it hasn't been released yet, but uh, we'll be very shortly. Was Yvette at least able to participate in that? Yes. Oh, yeah. yes, she yes. Was. Oh, good. I have been waiting for Yvette to see this oh. since you guys started. Well, maybe since like <laughs> halfway through the first season, once I realized what her tastes were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. This this is such a fun episode. All right. Um, what we're 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 going to be operating off of uh, SupernaturalWiki.com because because life. <laughs> Because life is life, man. We're busy around here. It is busy around here. I, we, we got both episodes watched in time for tonight, uh, the, this week and next week. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. So, I'll just go ahead and crack into this thing. Dean and Sam are doing research at Bobby's house when Balthazar appears. Very suddenly. Uh, he says that... Oh, wait, 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 wait. First, before we get started... That's only one sentence. Uh, hey, Nutty, what, what does this title mean? Okay, so <laughs> so um, the French mistake is a reference to the way the Blazing Saddles ends, mm-hmm. where the in the middle of the brawl, the camera zooms out, and you go up and over the town, and then you realize it's just the back lot at a, a, a big studio, and then it zooms in on another studio in this Mel Brooks movie, and there's a bunch of people dancing, and they're doing the what they call the French twist, twist and like everything else in blazing saddles it is completely full of slurs <laughs> that would not be acceptable today right. uh but then the brawl breaks in through the set and and you've got these you know uh regular dance you know choreographed number guys in tuxedos fighting with the people from the old west town right. yeah don't they start hitting each other with pies if i remember correctly uh i'm yeah everything it's it's pretty great, and it's basically, I think it's become uh, a trope. I'm not sure I didn't look that up, but uh, that, like, when people say it's a French twist, that's what they're talking about when a show gets so incredibly meta. All right. And references itself. Oh, and don't look it up in Urban Dictionary. There was only one actual definition that is right, but there are so many things on Urban Dictionary for French twist that uh, I hate that site. I really, yeah. really hate that. Yeah, site. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's it's like a double edged sword or like it, it's like half the time you find some really interesting like, oh, I didn't know that. But then there's a, you know, because just anybody can go Edit. submit stuff. Yeah. It's like Wikipedia yeah. where like, there's, yeah, except you, you, you don't have editors like Wikipedia know. does. No. So you just you yeah. have to take what you get with a grain of salt. And so a lot of times you'll come across. I was like, 
that feels wrong to me, and so it probably is. It is full of 4chan trolls making up definitions for whatever they want it to be. And, yeah. and 25 yeah. different definitions, and 24 of them are sexual maneuvers. Yeah. Exactly, like, yeah. This is why we can't have nice things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Balthazar says that Raphael... Raphael, 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 Raphael is like a ninja Mc- turtle. I yes. know. You don't, are you not up on your ninja ninja turtle, sir? I'm He's not. got what the purple? purple. I don't know. No, uh, oh, red. Boy. Red. Oh, disappointing. Go ahead. Purple's Donatello. I'm the same. I don't know nothing about ninja turtles. Are Either they? Are they snow? No. Okay, I'm here. Oh, okay. All right. All right, then. Uh, Raphael is aiming to kill all of Castiel's allies and affiliates, so he gives them a key and sends them to an alternate reality to keep them out of harm's way. Moose, stop chewing my toes. Supposedly, the key opens a door where he has stored the stolen angelic weapons of heaven, which will help Castiel to retain control in heaven. All right. Yeah, that, that was a, that's the MacGuffin that sends them to the alternate, uh, the alternate timeline. Yes. Question, what is a MacGuffin? A MacGuffin is a something that everybody wants that's just there to make the plot move forward and then nobody actually does anything with the whatever everybody's looking for. Oh, gotcha. But it is not the same as a Deus es Machida. No, that's something entirely separate. No. Okay. And uh, a, 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 a MacGuffin with a magical... Um, uh, context uh, yeah, is uh, called a phlebotanum. Oh, I was going to say it's it's not really our universe. It's like it's like a, it's a, a universe where it's a TV show, but it's not really our universe either because it is kind of this zany, wacky version of our universe. I don't know. Have you have you been here? It's pretty zany, wacky. Right? <laughs> I I don't know if I if I didn't laugh. I oh, I can't hear anybody because I don't have any headphones. Oh, I was really <laughs> talking over everybody really rude-like. Yeah, well, it's because I couldn't hear anybody. Okay. There you go. That would do it. Oh, Moose has got a earbud. Oh, Jesus. What is wrong with them? All right. So, people, I, would, so I would say that it's a slight variation of our world just because there are actors playing people that are real, you know, like Robert Singer and, and, and so forth. Plus they killed Misha and Eric Kripke. <laughs> yeah, there's that. All right. Uh, I, it's I, like, he didn't just leave after season five. <laughs> <laughs> he really he was left. murdered. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of the reverse of my, uh, I was saying during the Nubentary, it's the reverse of my uh, Buffy Between the Lines season two episode that I wrote, which is where somebody from... Yeah what is might be our world goes to the world where the TV shows reality. <laughs> so the reverse. I remember that episode. That was, that was fun. Yeah. When they appear in the alternate reality, Sam and Dean find themselves on the set of supernatural, a show that appears to be about their lives and where everyone mistakes them for the actors, Jensen Eccles, Eccles, not Eccles, different guy, Jensen Eccles <laughs> and Jared Padalecki. They try to contact Castiel, but instead encounter Misha Collins, who plays Castiel on the TV show. This is going pretty quickly. Is there anything that we need to talk about in all of that? Um, that there's this weird thing on the window. Yeah, they did paint a thing on the window. Balthazar, as part of his spell, gathered Uh, a bunch of ingredients, did not bake a cake. (laughs) But uh, did draw a symbol on the window and then send them on through. That is true. That's before. Taking refuge in Jensen's luxurious trailer, they do some research about Jensen and Jared, and Dean is horrified to learn that Jensen was on Days of Our Lives. And they show a clip. <laughs> and it's the most ludicrous sounding clip, but it's apparently real. Oh, yeah, it's 100% real. What I, every time I watch this, what I'm waiting for the, is for them to find the cheerleading pictures, but they don't. Ah. Because I think Dean would really react to that. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't seen them, just type Jensen Ackles cheerleading. It's not a part he was playing. He was a cheerleader in college. I'm on awesome. it. <laughs> You're on it. That's, that's, <laughs> I, like, people like to make fun of that sort of thing, but it's like, that's, that's respectable to me. One, because oh, yeah. 
because people like to make fun of it. So like being a guy and also a cheerleader, you know, that's 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 socially uh, difficult. But two, being a cheerleader is very hard uh, and it takes it takes a lot of discipline and and, and, uh, physical um, skill. So, you know, if I hear anybody male or female if i hear that's like oh yeah i was a cheerleader in high school i was like i'm like good job you know (laughs) well and especially the guys because they're always the bottom of the pyramids they're they're the ones that do like a lot of the extra lifting and things like that and Mm -hmm. um uh i'm sorry they the guys that cheer uh you've got scholarships you've got uh you know it helps with your resume getting into college things like that you know people make fun of that stuff all the time but and Dean would be the first one to do it. But yeah, right. no, I totally yes. agree. Fox, are you uh, going to be a male cheerleader? Nope. I don't feel like it. You don't feel like it? No. Yeah, that's, that's one of my new sayings. What do you feel like? Eating stuff. I don't know. I'm hungry. <laughs> Eating stuff. <laughs> I'm hungry. Okay. Something. Yeah. Hungry. Mm-hmm. Blame For em. cake, perhaps? Perhaps. Perhaps. Probably. But not blood of lamb cake? Nah. nah. There's probably like... <laughs> nah. You know, there's probably... Well, I know we have... Uh, it's a good dragon cake, I think. Ice cream cake is always good. Oh, I want ice cream there's cake no so ice bad. Cream cake here. No, there's this ice cream sandwiches kind of like ice cream cake. They already ate an ice cream sandwich. Well, they my si- my my sister uh, makes cakes, and she used to have a little side business where she did it for a living. And I, years ago, I told her I want you to make me an ice cream cake for my birthday, and she has yet to do it because she's always worried about like because we're you know we live apart she's always worried about it like melting you know trying to get it to me and our birthdays are in may in texas so yeah dry ice yep what's dry ice carbon dioxide that's been solidified ding 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 we got a winner no (laughs) that was the tangent bell way off track pretty far off oh man i didn't realize it would take us that far so Dean suggests that they try doing the same spell Balthazar did in order to get them back to their own reality. Uh, but they are discouraged that there are no real saint's bones or other items they need on set, on the set of Bobby's house. <laughs> Sam and Dean have the actor's driver take them to Jared's place, which turns out to be a large, ostentatious mansion with a tanning bed in the living room and an alpaca in the backyard. Alpaca. Sam and Dean are shocked when they see Ruby, or rather, the actress who plays her, appearing and kissing Sam, who she believes to be her husband, Jared. Yeah, they seem to have replaced their doppelgangers when they crossed over. Mm Mm-hmm. Just temporarily. Now, where did they go? Where did they go? Limbo. Well, I think the whole world was created for that for this. Yeah, I think it's a it's, it's, it's like a, a pocket dimension, pocket universe, tangent yeah. dimension. Uh, after Genevieve Padalecki heads out to a charity function for the International Otter Adoption Fund, Sam and Dean. Wait, wait, wait! We got to go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't that's just gloss the... over it. <laughs> that's one of. Oh, is that a real? Sorry, thing? I hit my mic. Uh, yes, it is 100% a real thing. And they are actually married. Um, and the fact that Dean's just like Ruby. And of course, everybody has like this Sunnydale thing where anything they say is odd. They just slough it off as whatever. And she's like, yeah, real funny. <laughs> you know, like, she has no reaction on the fact that he keeps calling her by her character name. Um, I absolutely love that. But we also skipped over the whole thing about him trying to drive. Yeah. The the Impala edit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm seeing all the different ones. So the, the, when they were trying to get out of the studio yeah. thing, uh, they they find the car. Mm-hmm. It barely runs, and they don't know it's a prop. It has this weird sand stuff on the windows. It's yeah, totally mm-hmm. like my they, life. They start driving it, and it it's it's shaking a lot. Mm-hmm. And then this man just starts running up beside the car because right. it's not going all that fast. Uh huh. And he just keeps saying, stop, stop, stop. And after like a, like a, a couple, ten seconds of mm. that, they finally stop. And he just tells them that's a prop. And they're like, oh. And then they just go back. Right. Very good. Yeah. Well, and uh, the the in-joke there um, is, well, I mean, obviously, that, that that's how 
shows are made, but there's actually like a parking lot full of Impalas at various states. Yeah. For all the different shots that they do. So anytime it's a little bit dirty, they bring the dirty one in. Uh, Anytime it's in an accident, like they bring the accident one in. They'll have one that's like cut, that's like uh, cut cut in half so they so that they can film inside it, you know. Yeah, but they they have so many of these. And I think there's something like only two of them actually drive because they actually have from the other 20 are in the two. Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) All All the best parts of the 20 are in the two. Uh, I think they started with something like six, but then now they have like a full parking lot. Which is better than on Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they had one of Giles' car and it didn't run either. Well, that's okay because Giles' car didn't run. (laughs) All right. After she goes out to the uh, charity function for the International Otter Adoption Fund, which I think is what Darcy was really asking is real or not. Oh, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that's a punchline. Sam and Dean go online and purchase some Saints bones for rush delivery using Jared's credit cards. They max out at least one. Dean Dean then spends the night on Jared's couch while Sam alternates between surfing the internet for signs of supernatural activity and sleeping with Genevieve. It occurred to me to wonder earlier if, um, like, is the bone of a saint just a million dollars cheaper in the supernatural universe? Because how does Bobby come up with that thing? Think Things that are maxing out Jared Padalecki's credit card. Bobby's how are they just hey, in Bobby's well, house? I think um, Bobby has like a network of people that understand, okay, these things are important. And in order for him to obtain these things, like each of them is a, a mega quest. He can't just buy them. Yeah. It, right. It's usually, it, it was found in when he got rid of ghosts in this one thing because they were attached to the saint bone or whatever the the story is and that uh, that's how all of these relics get collected and all the other hunters bring him stuff because they know I can't use this right now but when I need it I'm going to go to Bobby because everybody right. goes to Bobby oh, also I love that idea they also like we've seen in in past episodes there were instances where there was something that was of value that they needed so they just stole it yeah yeah, I, I, I yeah. Have there's a feeling, that. Too. I have a feeling at some uh, some monastery in the Italian countryside, someone's like, "This is our most cherished relic," and someone looks at it and says, it "Looks like a deer vertebra." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's possible. They made up a lot of those just to like. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying that, that the, you know they, the, that someone went in and stole it and swapped it out uh-huh. so that it wouldn't be missing. You know, no oh, one okay. would miss it, and they'd be like, yeah, something like that. Anyway, I got the joke. Yeah. The next morning, Cliff, the driver, drives them to the airport to pick up the rush delivery before taking them back to the set. They have to try and act in a scene which ends badly after many takes. But in between takes, they try and do the spell. When nothing happens, they come to the conclusion that in this reality, there is no real supernatural, no magic. Do you guys want bits of trivia as they come up, or do you want like a bullet point list at the end? Okay. Okay, this little... One of my favorites that I found is Cliff Kosterman is the uh, the boy's real life driver and bodyguard. I, well, I don't know about driver, but he's he's their bodyguard. Uh, in the this episode, he's portrayed by you know a different actor, yeah. but the real Cliff has a cameo as the guy who's slinging mud on the windshield of the Impala. Oh, cool! Yeah, All right. um, he also played. Tiny, the uh, the big guy that Dean picks a fight with in Folsom Prison Blues. Oh, yes, I remember him. That's why he looked familiar. <laughs> Which I was going to say, uh, in in terms of uh, Folsom Prison Blues, that just rang a bell for me because I was looking up the, one of the guys in the conference room. I was like, that guy looks really familiar. He's a character actor who's been in a bunch of things, and uh, it turns out that he was uh, their their friend and in, uh, in the inside the prison in Folsom Prison Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. But just a, but just a, just a character actor, like I said. So. Yeah. One of those guys that appears in multiple different roles in the same show, which happens all the time in Vancouver, especially. Oh yeah. Or in any show that's run, you know, thirteen seasons, which is there's a bunch of them, I'm sure. <clears throat> Back on the set, the angel hitman Virgil appears and tries to vanquish Dean with his angel powers. He too is devoid of powers in this reality. So Sam and Dean are able to take him in a fight 
and start pummeling him on the set of the Dragon's Hideout from, uh, from like a virgin. I didn't realize that was the set of the Dragon's Hideout. I didn't realize that either. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I totally missed that. But the stunt doubles who are called in to, you know, sort of intervene in that fight are the real life stunt doubles. Oh, oh that's awesome. <laughs> so many little things, you know. Yes, the rest of the crew intervenes, and during the resulting scuffle, Virgil pickpockets the key that Balthazar gave Sam before running away. The crew of the show is now suspicious because Jared and Jensen are behaving out of character. Normally, they don't speak to each other. They came in with a mysterious package, which was the Saint's Bones, which the crew believes are either drugs or black market organs, and now they've beaten up what everyone thinks is an extra I love this running gag that that the actors like hate each other. Yeah, makes me laugh because they get along really well. well from what I, you can see, they get along really well in real life. Yeah, uh, but it's kind of great because there are a lot of shows where the main actors well, don't get along at all. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. The, one of the main ones. That's probably the most famous example. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just, uh, actually, I, I just read an art, uh, interview that uh, David Bushman did with uh, Glenn Gordon Karen this week, so. Mm. Oh, cool. And he was kind of talking about how that was slightly overblown, but that they didn't get along very well. Right. Shout out to David Bushman. Absolutely. Yeah. Who, who was with us for the first season and then bowed out. <laughs> yes. Exactly. He'd much rather spend his time interviewing people from Buffy. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a book coming out. Which is out. great. He's got a book coming out on, on Buffy. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's upcoming. It's, it was up at the end of the article it mentioned that it was coming up here. Awesome. Yeah. Director Bob Singer calls showrunner Sarah Gamble and suggests that they get Eric Kripke to come to Vancouver and talk to them. And uh, we do know, obviously, that director Bob Singer is actually uh, Brian Dole Murray. I'm assuming yes. that the uh, Sarah Gamble that you're talking to on the phone and the... I know the Eric Kripke is not Eric Kripke, I'm sure. Yeah, Sarah Gamble's also a voice actress. In the episode. Yes, yes. Not the actual yeah. Sarah yeah. Gamble. Sarah's not a, not a voice actress, just a <laughs> showrunner. Uh, which I enjoyed the, the fact that, the, you know, this is... Uh, this is this many episodes into the season, and they 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 claim uh, I don't know if Sarah would be a great idea because I don't know for sure that the guys know who she is. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty it was, funny. It was a great joke. <clears throat> yeah, sorry if I stole someone's quote by saying that. I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, uh, Sarah reluctantly agrees, although Kripke is sequestered in a cabin writing the script to Octocobra. <laughs> Meanwhile, Virgil takes Misha hostage and kills him so he can use his blood to contact Raphael. Which, at least that much apparently works still. Mm. In this pocket universe. Bob confronts Sam and Dean and they drop the pretense of being Jared and Jensen and tell him that they quit. Dean says that at least in their world they make a difference. Then they go back to Jared's house and learn from Genevieve that Misha is dead, so they go to the scene. So we never really talked about Misha and his tweeting. Yeah. Throughout the entire <laughs> thing. Uh, those tweets were real. Like as they were filming, he was actually he pulled out his actual phone and was actually tweeting to his Twitter account. Yeah. So as everybody they were, as they were filming or as the episode aired? I thought it was as yeah, as the camera was rolling, he actually pulled out his own phone and he typed it. Um and awesome. uh, Yeah, and so viewers who followed him on Twitter were like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> and then found out later on. Mm-hmm. A witness states the killer was speaking to Raphael and they learn from the relayed conversation that Virgil is trying to get back to their reality. While they wait for him on the set, Dean suggests to Sam that maybe if they get stuck in this reality, Sam's life would be better, but Sam disagrees because back in their world they do matter and he doesn't like that in this world, they aren't even brothers. Virgil returns on set just as Kripke arrives to speak to them, and the angel goes on a killing spree, killing Eric Kripke, Bob Singer, Kevin Parks, and Lou Bolo, apparently. That's Uh, awesome. Before Sam and Dean manage to knock him out and get the key. 
Just as Sam has the key in hand, Raphael activates the nearby gate between worlds and they land back in their own reality. Raphael, now in a female vessel, demands the key, but Balthazar arrives and reveals that the, that the key and Sam and Dean's journey was all a ruse to distract Raphael. She threatens them, but Castiel arrives and reveals that he now has all the angelic weapons. He threatens to kill Raphael, and she leaves. Castiel then returns Sam and Dean to Bobby's house, promising to reveal more of what's happening in heaven soon. And that's the end of the summary. Yay! Hooray! <laughs> so, we went through that fast. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. Such a funny sh show. So, um, uh, Annie, do you have more trivia? Because I've got a bunch here. Uh, yeah, I've got a few little notes. Um... Let's see the the wedding photo um, that they that they notice when they figure out that like Jared is married to fake Ruby. Uh, that's actually a real photo from their real wedding. Um, let's see, Bobby Singer actually was named after Robert Singer, obviously, yeah. but by Kripke, not Singer. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. What kind of douchebag, etc. Yeah, <laughs> I love <Right>. it. <laughs> um. And I think I, I mentioned last week that uh, when he's killed, Eric Kripke has a very similar blood spatter on his like belly as Mary Winchester did in the pilot. Huh. huh. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Is that it? Um, I think we covered everything else. I I could have written down a dozen more, but I was like, no, no, I'm going to bore people. <laughs> so, uh, well, the pieces that I thought were interesting is that Jared and Jensen uh, were called into the writer's room and they were worried because they never are and it's because the writers wanted their permission to do an episode mocking them and uh, Jared didn't want to do that but he said as long as you know they said they, they said oh they convinced him to do it because um, they said oh no no, no we're going to make fun of you and they said oh yeah then we can definitely do that but uh Jensen said, as long as I never have to break character as Dean, I'm totally good. I never want to have to actually play myself. Um, <laughs> and then Genevieve was nervous about coming back uh, because of the negative reception of her character. But when they told her that they would make fun of her, then she was in. And she thought maybe the fans would be a little nicer this time, which I think they were. Um, I'm I'm not sure because I didn't watch this live. But uh, I... I loved it. I thought it was really great seeing. All yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess that when they talk about uh, now Jared is living with Jensen, um, they actually did live together. They were roommates before they got married okay. to their significant others and they were groomsmen for each other. I, th I was, Aww. I was yeah. wondering if they just didn't have enough. I mean, obviously it makes Better, uh, better sense to make fun of the the relationship with Ruby, with the, with Genevieve in it. But uh, yeah. I, was, I was I thought maybe there was something too that 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 Jensen basically didn't appear to have a life. Yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> that's probably because uh, he has a reputation for being like super super private. Mm -hmm. Like he's totally fine talking to fans and all this other stuff. But I don't think that he you know is that open about his his life. Um, whereas Jared seems to be a little more, but I don't know. I don't follow them around or anything like that. Um, yeah. I mean, like on Twitter and things. That would be a I, oh, okay. I definitely don't follow them around. <laughs> I don't do that to anyone, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I so follow I just, them on Twitter. They're, yeah. uh, they, they are just the best, you know, they're the best of friends and their families are really close like their kids are half growing up together they spend summer vacations together and it's just really adorable and you know kind of warming in a way to see people who are you know they're doing what they love with people they love and I really think that that's a big part of the reason why the show has lasted as long as it has yeah, yeah. well because that's I mean that is something that that you do hear of more often where a show will be going along and people just eventually start getting on each other's nerves. And, you know, like there are shows that, that, that do well in the ratings, but they ultimately get canceled. And a big reason why is because the people just, they don't really like each other anymore. They don't want to work together anymore. Um, so th this is nice, like a nice sort of, um, change, 
uh, you know, from that from that sort of trope where it's like, no, they're actually like they really, really like doing the show. And it's because they really, really all love each other. And, and you know, it's like as long as people keep watching, like they'll just it's like they'll just they'll keep making the show. And so, you know, 13 seasons now. Yep. Yeah. So apparently um, Misha Collins uh, asked if his meta universe uh, character could be as much of a jerk as possible and uh, says that he tried to really douche up the character even more after getting the script, uh, like the way he pushes his hair out of his face and ignoring an intern and, and things like that. I think this kind of a, a script is really fun. <laughs> For the actors, yeah, when they can really just play around with it and poke fun at themselves. So, um, and then of course there's the literal breaking of the fourth wall when they enter the universe. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> which is always fun. And uh, and well, that's yeah. mentioned the uh, that they uh, immediately discuss the problem with that particular stunt, and they are like, well, maybe we can, you know. Have them go toward the window and then freeze frame, and then of course they put that into the episode later on. Yeah, and then um, and then uh, the the line about them not being you can't just make up your own lines. Well, apparently <laughs> I guess they do. Um, they ad lib, you know, they can't change any plot points, but they'll right. ad lib quite a bit for something that sounds better. So, and I then, really love the moment at at the end, like the very end of the episode where Sam sort of reaches out and physically checks to make sure that the fourth wall is firmly Real, back in yeah. place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, this one's just a little weird, but it, it's meta. So, uh, when Dean makes a comment about nice blue steel, apparently that's the pose <laughs> Dean took in Folsom prison blues when it's mugshot. <laughs> well, apparently it's there's a, a lot of callbacks to Folsom Prison Blues in well, this one. It's apparently a reference to uh, to Zoolander. Yes, yes, yeah. It's a Zoolander thing, but it's just it's funny that you know this is the second time that they've done a, a Blue Steel joke at his expense. So. All right. Well, who wins this thing then? It's uh, Sam versus Dean. <laughs> Fox, would you like to go first? Who wins? I, I forgot who they were again. <laughs> okay, the tall one with the shaggy hair. Yeah, that's the one who I thought. That's won. Sam. Okay, Sam won. And Dean's the other shorter one with the shorter yeah, hair. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sam wins. Sam wins according to you because. Yep. Because. You thought he was cooler. No, because he did more of the work, in my opinion. Oh, very good. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did a lot of. Uh, I mean, he did a lot of research just to see if they could figure out what was going on in their world, in that world. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I only lean towards Sam because he actually has a life, and um, apparently Jensen has. You know, Jared has a life, and Jensen has no life. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard to say who who won this one because they were both just along for the ride. Nothing they really did affected things except they survived. They didn't die. Yeah, it's a little bit like the their time travel ones where you know they don't go back in time and change anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say Sam for basically those same reasons. Where like, you know, in this uh, reality of of the episode, where the person that Sam is uh, in real life, quote unquote, uh, is has like this great life. You know, he's married. And he has this big house and all this money and all the success. And so I say Sam won. I'll go Sam. Okay. Yeah. I was I was going to go with neither because it's kind of an ensemble right. thing. And it's it's so meta. But I, I do, I really love Sam for, you know, rejecting the, I don't care how cool this life is. We're not brothers here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was more important to him. All right, uh, we're able to now open up the floor for quotes, and I believe that Nutty gets first crack as guest. Um, all right, I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, Hola, mis amigos. J squared really got me good, really starting to feel like one of the guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, I got one. It's kind of long. You heard my brother. That's right. I said brother. Because you know what, Bob? We're not actors. We're hunters. We're the Winchesters. Always have been and always will be. And where we're from, people don't know who we are. But you know what? We mattered in that world. In fact, we even saved a son of a bitch once or twice. And yeah, okay, here. Maybe there's some some fans who give a crap about this nonsense. He's talking about us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, priority. What's in it? I bought part of a dead person. Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with my very favorite quote from the episode is just season six. <laughs> I have thought that so many times in my head this season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could clean up, reset the window. It takes about 95 minutes, basically. So we'd have to blow off the scene where they sit on the Impala and talk about their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Fans love that. Yeah, you answer the hate mail. <laughs> Um, I like, uh, no, seriously, why? Why would anybody want to watch our lives? Well, I mean, according to that interview, or not very many people do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. Uh, we could just definitely throw back that, that line said earlier. Kind of a <laughs> douchebag names a character after himself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I can't remember it exactly, uh, but I do love the digs in Canada. It's like, dude, we're not even in America. <laughs> <laughs> and then later he says, maybe we can get out of, you know, earth number two right now, but at least, sorry, maybe we can't get out of, you know, earth number two right now, but at least we can get to do the, bleh, 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 sorry, <laughs> but at least we can get the hell out of the Canadian part of it. If I hear one more conversation about hockey, I'm going to puke. <laughs> as, as someone living in Canada, I love this. <laughs> I was about to mention, yeah, the, the, the fun part of this whole thing is that uh, Nutty lives in Canada. <laughs> oh, so you can, you, uh, by the way, you can go into a, into a gun store and just buy stuff and pull out ammo and all that like the guy did? No. No. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> None of that is 100% possible. He would not even, uh, there would be, uh, the, the guns would be behind him. Uh, locked into the display, and in order for him to look at it, he would have to show his pal, uh, which is his license to own a non-restricted. And so even to look at it and touch it, he'd have to have that. Um, and uh, to you know, get at ammo, also you'd have to have a pal. And it would have to be for the right thing, because there's restricted and non-restricted, and um, rifles are non-restricted. Yeah, because they, they did that in a previous episode. Remember where that guy walked in? Well... Uh, yeah, but and, in the previous and, episode, they weren't in Canada, at least. Yeah, that was the States. And depending on the state you're in, that could happen. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, you, you can buy guns at uh, department stores. Um, I mean, but, like I said, depending on the state, because every, every state is so different. I mean, the things yeah. you can do in Virginia compared to what you can do in New York are... Yeah. Oh, I, I, I live in Texas, so I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah when but... Were- um, when they went to the scene in the in the gun shop during the Nubentary, I was like, "Do you go to America to do this?" No, it's just. I mean, it's it, not that. Not I mean, for I don't. Know, I guess he's not traveling like an angel, though. What I was going to say, it's not that far from Vancouver to. to get no, it's it's actually not that far. But then he'd have to cross the border again. Well, there's that. Yeah, but he I have the angel powers to do that. They're not going to ruin the good plot yeah. <laughs> for being accurate. Um, so that, that's, that's that whole thing. But, uh, I did like the, and, and it kind of reminds me in Buffy where, uh, Warren has uh-huh. a gun yeah. and it's like in, in this world of magical, magic, 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 someone going, yeah, okay, I'm just going to get a gun. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of a, a fun trope because everybody kind of forgets about that. Yep. Yeah. And that all turned out well. Um, feedback. We've got one bit from uh, Simone saying, 
I feel like the French mistake speaks uh, the French mistake's awesomeness speaks for itself. Seriously, it's amazing, and everyone in it is hilarious, and it has that scary aspect running through it too. Thanks, Simone. Thanks, Simone. Simone. Thank you. <laughs> oh, did you have any volunteer? You were holding up your hand during the quotes um, section. Yeah, I was. I was about to do the one about if I hear one more thing about hockey, hockey I'm gonna puke. Gonna puke. But <laughs> then, then it got covered. Yeah. So All right. I'm sorry, yeah. Fox. I stole your quote. Well, that's your dad's fault for not, like, paying attention to you. Yeah, you had your hand this up. This happens, right? like, all day, every day. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Burn. Just kidding. Remember, you under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Fox. Fine. Uh, so I guess that's the point where we actually get to rate. And I guess I'll let Fox go first if he's prepared to talk about why he thinks the rating is what, he, what it is and, and how much. Um, I'm going to rate it 7 out of 10 blood... Lamb blood bloods. lamb cakes? <laughs> yeah, lamb blood cakes. Okay. Because the episode, it was... It, it wasn't the best, but it yeah. also wasn't the worst. Yeah, well, you don't really know the references either. I mean, it's a, no. kind of a funny one for someone who doesn't ever see the show much to, uh, to, to come in and... and uh, yeah. Understand. Yeah, for yeah. you, it, that that would be about right, probably. Just kind of coming in in the middle. Yeah. Right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I, I thought it was great. I loved it. I loved the, uh, the, the general concept of characters, uh, you know, discovering that there's a real world where their, char- you know, where their characters exist. It's, it's not... I mean, I, I know that it happens somewhere else, too, but I, mean, I can't think of where else that particular thing happens. You're pointing at me. Why? I told you don't steal my rating. I'm not going to steal the it. point is. I'm pointing at him. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with the rating at the very last second because I don't... You're going to steal my tell. Huh? Now there's pressure because I don't even know what my rating was going to be. <laughs> I I seriously didn't have one prepared. Well, you're in trouble now. Okay. I do. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I enjoy. The the uh, real world coming into a to a fictional world or a fictional world crossing over into a real world. I like, I like that either way. Um... So I'm going to give it uh, 9 out of 10. Um, stop looking at me. <laughs> 9 out of 10 uh, phony babies. You win. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't steal it. Good job. Okay, Good job. And now it's Darcy's turn. Oh, is it? Is yeah. it? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had a great time. It was hilarious. It was... Uh, it was everything I had hoped it would be. I'm going to give it um, 8 out of 10 alpacas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got camels back there. Yeah, I was going to do, oh, you know, I can't say what I was going to do because maybe someone else will take it. Yeah, shush. I, uh, I loved this episode. And, like, the great thing about it is that even if you're someone who doesn't like the show, you're probably going to love this episode because it just, it just, digs it itself so much and has such like infectious glee while doing it. Uh, so I'm going to give this one 10 out of 10 meta ratings. Nice. Cool. I'm, I'm with you, John. This is one of, to me, it's one of the very best episodes. Definitely one of my favorites, probably in the top five, at least the top 10 for me. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's just so funny. Um, and there's just so much to it. I, I just love it. So I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 uh, attractive crying men. Yeah. All right. So I absolutely love this. This is definitely the best episode of the entire season. And rewatching along with you guys and seeing how I think it was Cluster D is just so dang dull <laughs> and gruesome to get through. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Uh, it's such a great um, breath to have it placed where it is. And it, it just, it's like, oh, okay, here's the joy. This is fun. I can, I can enjoy this. Um, and just like John and Annie, it's definitely on the top 10 list. Uh, maybe even top five. I haven't quite ranked them yet. But I, uh, it, this is one of those episodes that and Heidi's not listening to this because she stopped watching. Yeah. Uh, but that people who say I won't watch past season five, this is one of those episodes that it's worth watching. Um, and you know, I say 
often that past season five is fan fiction and people think I'm dismissing it. A lot of times I say things and people are like, oh, you're just being so dismissive. It's like, no, I like fan fiction. Um, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm I'm not putting it down. I don't think calling something fan it's, fiction. It's not so much a criticism as it is an observation. Yeah, exactly. It's not an insult. It's an observation. Right. And, um, and because it's fan fiction, they're able to do episodes like this. I mean, the closest we got to this in the first five seasons is when they went to Hollywood and they took the the tour and there was a mention of Stars Hollow. And that's as close as we came to to this kind of a meta thing Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe a trickster episode. So I think that because it's no longer Kripke, they have the freedom to actually have this kind of fun. So this this episode is my defense of watch past season five. So I am going to give this 10 out of 10 reasons to watch past season five. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, I, I love it so much. It's, it's such a joy. And then there's another episode that is episode 200 that I think, uh, pairs uh-huh. pretty well with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. That just but more so on that later. <laughs> <laughs> episode 200 <laughs> ah! <laughs> god it's gonna be so long i can't wait <laughs> well oh, you're I, binging that oh i was gonna say uh, the another, another thing another place where you get the uh, crossover between fictional world and reality world is actually moonlighting mm-hmm. if you watched enough moonlighting you definitely saw not necessarily full episodes but definitely parts where suddenly the they pull away from the set and they're suddenly they're sort of talking about the characters instead of being the characters and things like that. Yeah, usually they save yeah. it for the end. Well, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, frequently it was because they ran short. <laughs> but it's like uh, the, the meta episodes I totally love in any show. And as I said on my podcast earlier today, um, because I'm doing Dog Days, so I talked about right. coming on here tonight. Um, I said that, you know, my favorite episodes of X-Files is, well, my number one favorite is X-Cops. And Hollywood, I think it's Hollywood, Hollywood AD. Yeah. AD. I yeah. keep thinking Babylon. Uh, Hollywood AD, which are totally meta, and and you're not gonna kind of get all the jokes unless you've watched the whole series. Yeah. But I love when they do stuff like that. Yeah, I think or, X Cops is one of Darcy's favorites of that s- series as well. Yeah, that was hilarious. It's so right. good. I could watch it nonstop. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hey, Nutty, thank you for joining us. Uh, would you like to fully plug Dog Days? Sure. Uh, you can go to dogdaysofpodcasting.com where there are a whole mess of podcasters and podcasters from the early days to brand new podcasters. And we're all doing a podcast a day. Uh, generally, most people are keeping them to about five or ten minutes episodes. And you can subscribe to an entire feed and listen to everybody and we kind of start to respond to each other and it gives you this vibe of what it was like in the early days of podcasting. And as somebody who was listening to podcasts back then, that's exactly what it was like. You know, uh, somebody would put out a show and they'd start to influence the other podcasts that were out there because there were only, there were less than 20 podcasts and everybody was listening to everybody's podcast. So, uh, yeah, daily podcasting and it's just for the month of August. So 30 days of podcasting daily and uh, yeah, go check it out. And um, there will likely be some, some names that, you know, like, uh, you know, quadruple Z's founder is doing it this year again. Wow. Cool. That's yeah. Cool. And, uh, yeah. Tabs is doing it and there's, there's lots of, I'm trying to think like quickly through my head. I'm like, I don't think there's anyone else related to this podcast <laughs> doing it. I, but, I, I wish, know. I wish that, uh, I wish Slice was doing it because I, I know Summer's occasionally putting out an episode of Slice these days. Yeah. But you know, you've got, you've got, uh, Chuck Tomasi and Craig Stepp and, and well, Chuck and, and T Morris are doing it. So that these are the writers of the podcasting, oh, podcasting for dummies for guys. Days, yeah. yeah. And, um, JT Shea came back and Dr- Grandpa Choco is doing it, which is like, whoa, this really is the early days of podcasting. Nathan Lowell's doing it. It's it's really wild. There's a lot of. And oh, one of your former co-hosts is doing it. Amy Bowen. Oh, OK, cool. Yes. This is her second year. So there you go. Uh, from your she was on your Ghostlight podcast, right? That's correct. All right. See, I knew there was another connection. 
and, <laughs> and, and, you know, fellow deadpanite. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's quite a few deadpanites uh, doing it. Yeah. <sighs> so there you go. All right. Dogdaysofpodcasting.com. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Like I said, I was very excited for this one. This is a fun one. Very good. Hey, John, what is our homework for next week? Next week's homework is another standalone episode. Season 6, episode 16, and then there were none. Which gets me thinking of the Agatha Christie. Uh, yes, I, and I'm sure... I, I think I'm sure that is. I'm sure that is on purpose. I read that. I read that uh, as uh, as the copy that I read was titled as the slightly non PC Ten Little Indians. Uh, yeah. And uh, if you want to, you can look up what it was originally called. It might be a little triggering because it's even less PC than Ten Little Indians. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that. But I didn't. I didn't know that that was a thing. But I yeah. was actually appalled. But yeah. There you go. It was a different time back then. I it suppose. was certainly a different. It was a different country too. It was uh, yes published in Britain under that title, but never published here under that title. Well, good. It was. It was. That's, that's why it was called. And then there were none here. Okay. Yikes. So, anyways, uh, that'll wrap it up for this week. And uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for joining in. And happy hunting. Happy hunting. Bye. Happy hunting. Bye. You've been listening to IdgitCast from QuadrupleZ.com. Join the discussion at Facebook.com slash We love feedback. You can email us or send us an MP3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to prevent accidental spoilers. Our email address is IdgitCastPodcast at gmail.com. The theme song for IdgitCast is by Borrowed Trouble. Find the band at BorrowedTrouble.com. Lyrics and vocals by IdgitCast's founder, Allie Jones who you can find out all about at imthewonderband.com. The closing music you hear right now is Too Good, written and performed by Jack Mangan and is used by permission. You can find other music, writings, and discussions by Jack, as well as back episodes of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com. You can hear more from the hosts of this show. Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, an intro cast for the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. John Pavlich can be heard on CastleCast, a fan cast for the ABC series Castle at castlecast.net and his own Sofa Dogs podcast at sofadogs.libsyn.com. Now you can also watch the Sofa Dogs YouTube channel at youtube.com slash user slash Sofa Dogs. Annie is currently acting as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of charity screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity, benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host an event, visit www.cantstoptheserenity.com. Darcy and I can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, an intercast for the television series Slings and Arrows, also featured on quadruplez.com. Quadruple Z.